0: Folks, welcome back to the podcast. Been on delay, but obviously the studio is done up. I hope you guys like it. Spent a lot of money, new camera, new everything. How you doing? I'm good. Good to meet you finally.
1: It is nice to meet you too.
0: This is the uh mighty Bree and Bree. Bree's Brie. fine. Bree's fine. Cool. Cheers! Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Hey, the, Thanks by for By the way, me. these are waters. <laughs> sober here Ah, so where are you from
1: um i grew up in hawaii in honolulu yeah
0: what brought you here to utah
1: um i went to byu really yes
0: dang (laughs) What's it like going to byu
1: um it was not my favorite place no i felt just really out of my element um Grew up in the church back home, and I had the whole dad was bishop, mom
0: was Relief Society president, like
1: the whole thing. And um, when you, you know, have parents that are holding callings in the church like that, people know you, and you get accepted to BYU. Like you don't say no to that, right? So um, I think a lot of my life was kind of just doing things that i felt expected to do so like i went to church with my family i had to make them proud so i went to byu whether i wanted to do these things or not in my head it's just like the thing that you do um and once i got to byu i had never felt so alone
0: really in my life Were you pretty, how did your parents come about being members of the church?
1: Um, I know with my mom, the missionaries had converted her parents in Maui. So she was, I believe, born into the church. My dad, I'm not entirely sure what his family's tie is to the church because Mm -hmm. he wasn't baptized until he met my mom, but he met my mom at BYU-Hawaii. So somewhere along the line, either my grand, probably my grandfather, got him in there, uh-huh. and some of his aunts and uncles were members of the church too. So whoa,
0: dang! You didn't want to go to BYU Hawaii? Everybody asks me that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really I nice. Know. That sounds really um, nice. <laughs>
1: so I grew growing up in Honolulu, um, very much a city girl, and to us in Hawaii, like. If you're a city girl, going out to Laie feels uh, like it's so far away and it feels like country because there's no mall, there's oh, no, no shops, no there's mall? nothing. <laughs> there At the time, I think there's more now, but at the time there was like a McDonald's and that was it. That was the only thing of like city okay. living that was out there. Um, I wanted to go to University of Hawaii because that's yeah. where all my friends were going out of yeah, high school.
0: That seems nice.
1: Um, But again my mom was like well it's an opportunity it's a really good opportunity you you can't say no to it um i don't
0: know i feel like the mainland kind of sucks you know it was was hard is it hard growing up hawaii being landlocked like that um or do you not even think about it you don't think about
1: it Mm. um because it just is and people are always like oh you grew up in hawaii that's so cool and and in my mind that's just where I grew right. up. It's just yeah, home. Yeah. I don't see like that aspect of it. That's so fascinating. Right.
0: Yeah, I guess you wouldn't see it how like uh um the mainland people would see it. Right. Growing up, like, dang man, that'd be cool. Yeah. Tropical this, tropical that. Mm-hmm. And when we get there, it's awesome. But for folks that live there, it's like, just this, like is this is just every life, day, yeah. bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang. Uh, what nationality are your are your so, folks?
1: So uh, my mother is. One hundred percent Japanese.
0: Oh, really? Yep. Cool.
1: Um, she's like third generation, so we're pretty Americanized. My dad is Korean, Japanese, and Okinawan, which Okinawan is technically Japanese too, but in Hawaii we make the distinction for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but they do have their own culture, their own language, and everything down there. Oh.
0: Dang! Was your dad originally from Korea?
1: No, he's also um. Third generation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, gotcha. Well, he's he's third generation on his mom's side, second on his dad's. I think. I think his. No, nah, I don't know. I'm just yeah. making stuff up. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's third, actually, on both of them.
0: Wow, that's quite a blend you got. That's cool. Yeah, you got a, like a lot of different nationalities, different cultures to grow up in from right. your parents. And then
1: on top of that it's the Hawaii culture. So yeah, and grew you up know, in it's Hawaii not too. specifically Japanese. Right. It's not specifically Korean. In Hawaii, it just kind of all blends together and we have our own yeah. um mixing and matching of the different ethnicities yeah. because that's how it was um for the plantation workers. You know, you just have a whole bunch of people from Asia, Filipino, uh-huh. Japanese, Chinese, and they just kind of learned how to live together and adopted different things from each other so when you wow. talk about like chinese food or japanese food things like that it's 100 percent different from anything you would find yeah. up here in the mainland
0: whoa that's pretty cool <laughs> you cool. You have a very interesting life already.
1: Well, thank you. That's
0: pretty rad. I don't growing up here. It's kind of boring. Like, uh, grew up in a desert town mm-hmm. and all you do is try to fight the battle of not becoming a drug addict. Yeah. Cuz that's oh. all that's available. Is drugs and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but How
1: did you get out here to Utah?
0: Uh, I finished up my schooling at Do you know where Loma Linda University is? I do Medical not. school? So I went there and um, after that program I finished up, I was applying all the way up from um, Seattle all the way down Mm -hmm. uh, just through the West Coast and kind of inland. And Utah just kept having offers and offers and offers. uh So from what I find, what I understand is getting techs out here for what I do and having like multiple licenses and Mm -hmm. things like that, It's kind of hard to come by. Okay. So uh, there's always a shortage out here. Mm -hmm. And there's so much work still out here. Wow. And um, they're like, hey, I got like three offers. And I was like, all right, I'm going to choose this one. Uh So I took the U and it it sucks. So it was such a weird time in life because I got that job. I was out of school. Mm Kind of like you were. I came here all by myself. Didn't know anybody. Super like freaking out Mm -hmm. and then covid hit oh yeah
1: oh you haven't been here that long no
0: i've only been here i think a little over a year now maybe two years oh my goodness so the first year i was here uh i was like what's going on and uh, you've been at the university of utah Mm -hmm. huge new people i met new people every day Mm -hmm. and then it shut down it was like a ghost town and I was wow. like, man, this is weird. And then I sat in my apartment for like 10 months.
1: Oh, my goodness. Couldn't
0: do anything. Didn't really mean anything. I had some really nice coworkers that kind of yeah. kept me afloat, thank God. And uh, I that's how I ended up here. Oh, wow. And, I, and then I uh, tried to go back to California. I spent 10 months at the U. I was mm-hmm. done. Uh, That's when COVID was still at its height. I was like, I gotta get back home. I gotta. I. I just. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, being alone and going through this. Yeah. Mentally, it was. Ugh, I thought that was it. I thought for sure I was Man. gonna check out, and um, so I made it a dumb move. I went back to California. Spent two weeks there. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and then I came right back here. I got a job actually at one of the one of the three offers I originally got. I I interviewed with them again Mm -hmm. and they're like, this is our offer. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. This is um, at a standalone ER. I work by myself. Um, I'm not in a hospital because I kept telling myself, I don't want to be in a hospital anymore. I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. I've been in the hospital my whole life because I had a cleft lip and palate I was born with. Okay. So I had a lot of reconstruction surgeries, just literally in the hospital my entire life. Mm -hmm. Still. And I was like, I gotta get out of the hospital setting. Mm -hmm. And then I finally found uh, this place is perfect. Oh, awesome! So, but yeah, it it was scary and probably scary for you coming from Hawaii, all your family, and Mm -hmm. then moving to Utah by yourself.
1: And at BYU, BYU, I mean, a huge, huge culture shock.
0: Yeah, different folks up there. I mean,
1: I go from you know, there's Asians everywhere in Hawaii to there's like. More than five, but it felt like there were like five of us yeah. <laughs> that existed in oh, Provo. Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> Especially Provo. This is all a bunch of white folks
1: hanging yeah. out. <laughs> well, and then, so I, my first roommate, she had been up at BYU for the summer term. Because BYU, and I don't know if it's still like this, because this was 20 years ago. But um, if you didn't get initially accepted... You could come in and do like a summer term, and then okay. get accepted after that. So a lot of the girls on my floor had done that, and so they already knew each other. Uh, and so before I even get there, there's these clicks. Yeah. That are formed. So I didn't really um, jive with my roommate. We didn't really talk. We didn't really uh, see each other. It just it. I had a really hard time making friends.
0: How, do you think it's just because I'm not trying to sound rude, but the way you look, or and, you know, I, or is it just?
1: I've heard that from other people that I grew up with uh-huh. in Hawaii. They've run into that issue. Uh, um, I'd like to not believe that that's a factor. Yeah, but would, you never know. Not. Right. I mean, yeah. um, yeah it's it's hard to say.
0: Dang. That's tough. So they just kind of just, you're just like, hey, and they were like, yeah, ah, I got to go.
1: I'm also really shy. Too. Well, you're out oh, you're on here. You oh, ain't I know. too shy. <laughs> um, but back then, you know, I was really shy. And it's almost, I think, you know, you, you make friends through elementary school, through high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times for me, because we went to really small schools, um, a few of my friends were with me the whole time. Um, and then you don't think about having to make new friends. Right, because you haven't had to do that for years. Yeah, I get you. Um, and so getting out there and like wanting to meet people, it just—I don't know why I was so scared of it. Mm-hmm. Then I found the internet.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> how how old were you when you left uh, Hawaii? I was eighteen. Too? Oh damn, that yeah. I can see why that would be tough. Especially so, at eighteen, you're probably around probably some folks that are a little bit older, mm-hmm. and they probably look at you like. Yeah, you're young. You're 18. Like, yeah, I do it too. Younger people too. I'm like, okay, well, and know, then, let's let's calm down. <laughs> yes.
1: And I had a boyfriend back home in Hawaii. Oh. Um, but it was almost like I didn't have a boyfriend at the same time. Yeah. Because he was so far away. And so I've got, you know, all these girls that are doing the Mormon thing and Uh they've got their boyfriends who are going to go on their missions and they're going to wait and then they're going to come home and get married. And I wasn't looking for one. So I wasn't, you know, part of group dates or anything. And um, BYU's it's actually pretty funny. That's um, where I stopped going to church. Oh. Because all of a sudden I realized, too, I don't have to if I don't want to.
0: Freedom, right?
1: (laughs) I'm not tied to mom and dad who are going to drive me to church and make me sit through all of it and then have to go home with them. If I don't want to go, I just won't go.
0: Yeah. Same, uh, I know when I first moved out, I was like, I don't have to go to church no more. Right? (laughs) We are now, from what I understand, church service is only like an hour. And you get to go home.
1: Yeah. I, I think a lot of it changed during COVID. Yeah. It
0: used to be like three or four hours. It was hours. three hours. Yeah. You had sacrament meeting. Oh, my God.
1: And then like Sunday school and then whatever, like young men's or young women's. It was a whole thing. And I don't know how I did it for 18 years.
0: Yeah, same. <laughs> but um, I know that put a lot of strain on. I don't know if you experienced this, but it put a lot of strain on our family. Mm -hmm. Because as we got older, we're like, hey, you know, we're getting at the age where we would like to go out on Sunday.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: like do stuff Mm -hmm. and be outside. We couldn't even go outside. Oh, wow. And and mind you, we're starting to get like 18.
1: Right. 15.
0: We're starting to get a little opinion mm -hmm. and like talk back. And my parents just not having it. And we, oh, my God. I couldn't tell you how many arguments we got in. How many threats my parents told me. Well, then we we'll just leave. Just get out wow. of here. Or we'll send you to your aunts. How's that sound? And we're like, all right, man, we'll be quiet. So but did your
1: parents grow up in the church too?
0: My dad did. Um, and then my mom, I think she did. She's kind of converted. Okay. Her her mom, my grandma was converted. So yeah, pretty much they mm-hmm. grew up in it. But uh, they were strict. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I, It's okay to be religious, I feel. Um, it took me a long time for me to even say that Mm -hmm. because it does work for some folks right it really does for me i just always had these questions like why do you believe in this dude like yeah why why do you uh tell me why they're like well because right because he said so i'm like because he said so but why yeah why him and not this guy or Mm -hmm. that guy like and we just fought 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 we didn't talk for a couple years. Oh, wow! We were, we were oh, I was just mad because I was lied to. Yeah. When you start figuring that. out what the Mormon religion really came mm-hmm. from, you're just like, uh, this doesn't seem okay. And I will admit,
1: <laughs> I'm a little naive and ignorant when it comes to that because I think I purposely didn't want to dive into all of that. I didn't want to dig too deep into what I know, you know, I've, I've heard from friends and then, yeah. I mean everywhere what it's all about but and maybe this is kind of dumb but i still re- have a respect for my parents and sure. whether or not i am on board with what they believe or not like i'm not gonna bash the church because yeah. in a way i'm making my parents look like idiots right um same which same makes me sounds like such a goody goody right like, no um, no i'm it, it just, still uh, like such a slave to mom and dad but um <laughs> but i know it's important to them right so right. I – and I, I guess part of this is just how we were brought up to respect everybody. We didn't talk back. Like, y- you talk back, you got, like – You got, got like. Oh, yeah. Like, it was –
0: Dang. Fair enough.
1: So my mother just managed to instill that fear in us without ever having to really, like, do anything about it. Yeah. And it could just be me. I don't know if my brother felt like that, but that's a lot of, like, my mental health thing is I have this huge fear – of letting people down or making people disappointed in me
0: same are you the middle kid
1: i'm the oldest
0: oh that sounds like a middle kid thing that's what i suffer from too (laughs) well (laughs) (laughs) always like man i don't want to let people down always like what do you need but then i end up screwing myself over Yeah. yeah
1: um i think it was being oldest so it's just me and my brother okay um well you're so good at this or you've always excelled in school or i i hate to, like saying this cuz i feel like i'm like humble bragging um, nah. <laughs> but i always managed to set the expectation for myself really high and because i did that even a step down from that in my mind was a disappointment Ooh. it was like like you bring home an a or you bring home a B after bringing home so many A's and mm-hmm. the B is a disappointment.
0: Was that more personally to you or did your parents express that? It was day? my mom. Uh, do you have like, are they like traditional very Asian no. parents when it comes to schooling? No. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, it just, yeah. but, but because I was able to achieve all these things. Sure.
0: They had that expectation. It's like, well,
1: she's already done this. Gotcha. So like, why, why can't she just do that? all the time gotcha Damn. and i knew too that if i didn't achieve that all the time then i was failing as a daughter or as a human or whatever sure. it was
0: whoa have you um talked to her about that now um, that you're older
1: you know it, it's come up kind of in a weird way passively aggressive roundabout way because we don't like to talk about stuff (laughs) Uh, you know we're (laughs) for a while like through my 20s when i was really into partying and stuff it was a very like don't ask don't tell relationship like they're not going to ask what i'm into i'm not going to tell them what i'm into like we both know
2: yeah
1: um but we're just not going to touch it because it's going to be uncomfortable for both parties um (laughs) dang but um, over the last few years, especially as I've um, gotten more into taking care of my mental health and focusing on like important relationships and things like that, um, we've had more conversations about it. It's become a little bit easier to talk about and be open. And I've kind of just decided I'm going to tell mom what I tell mom and open that door and that's just who I am. I'm very blessed, though, that regardless of everything that I've done, you know, after I left home, Mm -hmm. for as much disappointment as I felt like I had given them, Uh they still accepted me and loved me through it. I know that there's stories of people in the church that the minute that they, you know, want to step away and have their own life, they're disowned. Oh, yeah. Their parents, you know, just completely cut them off and... Through everything, my parents have always just been like, be careful, we love you, we don't agree with what, you do, what you're what you doing, but sure. we can't stop you either, but we're not going to just leave you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard those stories too, growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, so-and-so did this, and now they don't, Yeah, their parents want nothing to do with them. Like, mm-hmm. over that? Yeah. Just because they didn't, like, I don't want to go on a mission. Well, then you can't yeah, be a part of this exactly. family. It's like, huh? Right. This,
1: then, this is
0: very like a counter counterintuitive. Exactly, what you, and you guys think believe? That's
1: absolutely not. What the church teaches. Right. I'm pretty sure nowhere does it say if your kid wants to do this, they can't be your kid anymore.
0: Right. Yep. I know. Um, my brother, my older brother, experienced that. Um, they they were tough on him. He was the oldest, and mm-hmm. he, he was a lot like you. Had a lot of pressure put on them and a lot of expectations. Mm-hmm. I would hate to be the oldest. I feel like the oldest is probably the roughest place to be.
1: It's hard. Yeah. You're the one that's supposed to take care of everything.
0: There's a lot of expectations. Like, you set the bar. Like, look at what your older brother did. Look right. What, look at what your older and sister you know did. what? I
1: do feel bad for my <laughs> brother for that because he got a lot of, oh, you're Brianne's brother. Oh, you're, you know, he was he was identified we went to the same high school and that's how all the teachers saw him it was oh you're Brian's brother yeah he wasn't ever himself and i think it helped him a lot when i left we yeah. went to a small small high school when i graduated there were 144 students total between 9th and 12th grade there were 36 in my graduating class
0: that's it 36 yeah. wow. so i mean
1: everybody knew everybody sure
0: i mean it's an island eventually you're gonna know well yeah
1: but also <laughs> yeah. i mean you talk about other high schools i mean sure yeah, you've got yeah. hundreds of students graduating graduation ceremonies take like three hours just to get through names yeah. wow
0: dang that's tough i didn't know you had uh experienced all that through the church too with your yeah. folks how do? what's your dad's take on it is he a little He's,
1: more oh my gosh i'm such a daddy's girl hey it's fair awful. enough fair enough. Like, to, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, he's always just been he he loves me.
0: Just so loves much. Are you I could probably
1: like well, it's far reach. Murder somebody. And he'd be like, okay, we'll figure it <laughs> oh.
0: out. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll get I'm you like, to All right. Um, cool.
1: <laughs> let's make a plan. So he's um, he's a good dad then. He's, he's a great dad. Is, yeah. Um, Who cares? I've always been really close to him. Um, actually, so so I had left BYU in the start of my spring semester. Okay. So I was there. So they do winter and spring, and then they have a summer. Oh, that's nice. So um, it, I was there through winter, um, broke up with my boyfriend right before Christmas, because with the internet, I brought that up earlier. I started yeah. like, you know, chat rooms and meeting people and getting attention yeah. from other guys and it was it was satisfying sure i was like i don't want to be with um my boyfriend for the rest of my life i think i'm too young to make that decision right now yeah um and so i you know after a few months met this guy online went and met him um we decided to like i i was basically at his house Every day, I wasn't going to school. My parents thought I was still going to school. I was enrolled in all these classes. Oh, okay. Um, and the plan was after that spring semester they were going to come up to Utah and help me put stuff in storage and help me pack up things to bring home for the summer. Well, a week before they come up, I'm living with this guy, and, and him and his friend are like, "You got to tell them what's going on." Okay. Um, which was right. They they were they were right in telling me that. So I I call home. And I don't want to talk to mom. Yeah. I want dad. And they're out. My grandmother says they're out. And she's like, well, I'll have mom call you. And I'm like, no, I do not want to talk anything to mom. Anything but like, her. dad needs to call <laughs> me. So I remember, I remember that phone call so vividly. Um, I said, dad, I met a boy um, in Salt Lake. And I've dropped out of school. And I've been living with him. And I don't want to come home for the summer. And he's just silent. He doesn't say anything. And the first thing out of his mouth is, have you broken the law of chastity with this boy?
0: Mm. It's a weird thing for your dad to come out. It is. Right it's off a very bat.
1: bishopy thing, though. If you know the church, I mean. Yeah. And and me being me, I say, Well, yes, but he's not the first.
0: Oh, <laughs> and he's just like
1: uh. He's like, All oh, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> dad, you there? You there?
1: yeah
0: oh boy how did he uh respond to that um you know
1: they're like well we're still gonna come up um we'll figure it out we'll talk about it when we get there Mm. so they were up for about a week and you know they had a hotel so i stayed with them in the hotel and spent time with them and and this was a really interesting conversation i had with my mom actually she said i can't i can't support you in what you're doing so if you decide to do this you know financially we're done
0: oh okay
1: okay which makes sense it's like you're gonna have to get a job if you want to live on your own and make these decisions then yeah. you're gonna do that so, but i can't tell you no because so she grew up on maui and then the UAU hawaii is on oahu so she went there for her first semester of college okay and she told my grandmother she didn't want to come home that she wanted to stay on oahu for the summer my grandmother made her come home
0: well maui's just what like it's just a hop yeah it's i mean i think it's like 45 minute flight (laughs)
1: 30 (laughs) 30 30 of that like by the time you reach altitude you're already making your descent. (laughs) um but she swore to herself that summer that when she had children she wouldn't do that to them oh and she kept that promise to herself
0: Wow, isn't that crazy? Like your mom went through that, then you went. I that. know,
1: like, and my mom being the strict one, and for her to have told me that story and said, "Well, you know, I, I get it. I can't make you yeah. do what I want you to do." Wow.
0: that's wild. And then what? What happened? So you spent your 18, and mm-hmm. then you spent a semester. Were you 19 when you met this dude? Ye- I think I
1: had not turned 19 yet, but I would have turned 19.
0: And then not going to school anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. I got a job at Staples.
0: Okay. You got a job? Fair (laughs) enough. And what was the big reason you didn't want to go to BYU anymore? Just just like I think "Eh, I just didn't want to go to school. Yeah, it's hard at that age. It's tough to be committed.
1: And my first experience with college is a whole bunch of religion courses that are, you know, a part of the part of the curriculum, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, and sure. it just seemed like a waste. And I just I had done so much; it felt like so much school, which is not more than the you know normal eighteen year old has done yeah. going through yeah. high school and everything. But I had studied so hard for for most of my life. At that point, I had you know been all about academic achievements, and mm-hmm. I think I just. I didn't consciously make this choice, but I just was done yeah. with it.
0: Yeah, I think the world needs to be more um, aware of that for kids, right? Um, because high school is a drag. Like I hated high school. Did you? This is so dumb. This is it was such a big waste of time. Because really, it's you're just hanging out for four years. Mm-hmm. You feel like it, it feels like prison. You got. You know, you get to take your lunch then, be back in class Uh here. And it's like, well, we're just setting people up for this weird thing that a lot of kids just don't want to do. Yeah. And it's not because they're lazy. It's because high school, there's nothing like, you get those few students who are like thriving and like, I'm going to this college and that's what they want to do. But the majority of kids are just like, I don't know, man, like most of them are really want to learn trades or something fun, like. Because they're still in that mentality of like, I mean, we've been in school for this long and mm-hmm. you still want me to keep going. Right. At 18, when we're told we get to do whatever we want. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just feel like um, culture-wise, we need to shift high school and make it more meaningful. Like, mm. I feel high school should be where you do get your associates. Yeah. And then You're if you work- want to go to college, all right.
1: That makes sense. It's I, an, yeah. And I think... I think too. You know, I brought up I went to a tiny school. Yeah. Oh. Now I'm of a sudden back to feeling that like feeling alone. Yeah. My teachers don't know who I am.
0: Yeah, they won't take the time
1: and to get to know you
0: because of that campus Exactly. And I'm
1: not going <laughs> to class with anybody in my dorm necessarily. Like we're not in the same classes together. Everyone's got a different schedule. It's just yeah. it was so much. And then again, I didn't have someone looking over my shoulder telling me, you have to get that A. You have to do this. You, and, it, and it was so much harder work-wise and study-wise, you know? Um, yeah, I think I just, I had burnout without even realizing I had burnout.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, plus you moved here by yourself. Like that, that's a huge thing for 18 with no yeah, family a room, lot
1: of, you know? a lot it was a lot of transition yeah with Dang. very little support not to say that my parents didn't support me but there's a difference between someone actually physically being there with you to support you and then you know a phone call every week yeah
0: well it's it's true it's different too like they're not available to you mm-hmm. either You're like, yeah. i'm gonna go see what my parents have to say no right not really mm-hmm. <laughs> But you didn't even have, like, uncles or family, which makes it just, like, really, really difficult mm-hmm. to kind of navigate without anybody like, no, go this way. Right. So, yeah, I totally get that. So, you're working at Staples, 19. Yes. Not going to school no more. How'd you, and then this dude, how old was this dude? Was he in school or he is was that He was 21, you... no. He oh, okay. was not in
1: school. He was, like, a manager at a Fuddrucker's
0: food rockers i know what that is, is that a restaurant
1: it's a restaurant it's okay. like a hamburger restaurant oh. so no Exciting. he he was from texas hey. um looking back i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but i think we can say that about a lot of past relationships oh sure
0: cuz you think it's but, a good thing to do at the moment but like, I, hey, I think he was sense.
1: he was so different from boys that i grew up with so different from my boyfriend you know he just Uh, yeah um you know i thought he was i thought he was cute and i was i was what i thought like in love you know yeah um and he was a recovering alcoholic oh so he introduced me to aa i would go to a lot of aa meetings to like just support him um when really I think I was going there just to, like, be involved in his life and, like, watch what he's doing sure. <laughs> and see what he's up to.
0: Well, it gives you something to do, too. <laughs> like, also that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, mm-hmm.
1: And if it's such a big part of his life, you know, to be a supportive girlfriend, I should know yeah. what it's about, yeah. right? Sure. Um. So that was very interesting <laughs> to get into, like, to be a part of that whole, that whole group, too, almost like that whole culture of.
0: Yeah, different folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those AA folks are, man, some of them are in it, and then some of oh, them man. are like, I don't even know what to make.
1: Meetings are- Intense, like, huh? They are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You hear some of these stories, and it's just like, oh.
0: Yeah. My younger brother, I would have to take him to his AA meetings, because the court told him to. Oh, uh-huh. So, i drop him off, and then he would tell me what was going down. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are talking about what? Yeah. It's It's wild. It's well um, but for some it it works.
1: No it does. It really and works. and I think that's for anything, right? When we talked yeah. about religion, if it works for you and it makes you a better human, then then stick with it. If you yeah. found your thing that drives you to do good in the world, then hold on to that.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So when how did how long did that relationship go? And then you had your, I know we talked back and forth, you had your um, kind of dive with alcoholism too, right?
1: Yeah, now. so um, he's actually the one that bought me my first drink.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And I remember What's his right. name?
0: Let's go get his ass. No, am just kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> it was a glass of white Zinfandel.
0: I have no idea what that is. Pink what? wine. Pink wine. All right.
1: Um, I was 20.
0: Okay. So a little underage drinking.
1: Uh-huh. All right. We've all done I might it. have even We've still been 19 it. now that I think about it. No, I had to have been 20. Um, And it was at McGrath's Fish House at Gateway, so a seafood restaurant.
0: Oh, interesting. I don't know where that is.
1: It's not there anymore. Oh, okay. This is like how old it was. <laughs> this is like... I think i dated it back to 2004 okay it's <laughs> forever ago um and i was like oh this tastes pretty good and then he's like well let's go get you more booze and i don't know if part of it was like he got to drink vicariously through me sure in a sense so then i got introduced to wine coolers so you know good bartles and james fuzzy navel which sure, i don't even yeah. know if they make those anymore or like some you know yeah. bottle of boone's farm yeah uh, boone's like farm super is classy around. over here <laughs> with the drinking my first go um, and I didn't do it a lot sure we made a lot of frequent trips to windover so I was doing a lot of gambling oh, underage man. as well but that's where I learned I can get drinks for free there too yeah so I mean it it wasn't a huge party thing because you know him and his friends didn't drink but it was just kind of something I got introduced to it and and it was you know felt it felt kind of neat to be buzz I don't think mm-hmm. I ever really got super drunk um with him we were together for just it would have almost been a year mm. and i broke that off kind of the similar thing with my high school boyfriend i didn't want that for the rest of my life i don't want yeah. to make that decision that this is going to be the one for the rest of my life because i was 20 right yeah and I'm awful. It sorry because this guy, this hot guy at Staples would come in and like Ooh, hit on me. Staples And guy. then he finally like asked me out for coffee. And I was like, I can't. I have a boyfriend. I'm like, I'm uh. sorry. He's like, well, I'm sorry too. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and then
0: uh, when you guys broke up, did he walk in and then you guys went no. on a date? No. no. Um oh,
1: okay. No. <laughs> so we had this tiny little apartment um, right across from Libby Park. Okay. And... He actually shacked up with a woman that moved in next door. Oh, no. So I had to see him every day still. What? And then. awkward. He knocked her up.
0: (sighs) This dude is something. So it was just a
1: weird, like, I wasn't, I don't know how I was really upset or just, it was just a weird situation to be in. Like, not only is my ex-boyfriend living next door with some woman who Uh was older that lived next door, but he's also, like, knocked her up. Like, I don't even understand. (laughs) How does this happen?
0: Dang, I don't know how that happens, but it happened.
1: It did happen.
0: Yeah. Interesting. But it's so interesting that he, being a recovering alcoholic, knows exactly what alcohol can do and then goes ahead and introduces it to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And buys it for you. And, yeah. You know, I would hate to be that one dude that introduced something and their lives just tanked. Yeah. You know, but it, it I don't know, that's crazy that he would do that. Mm. And then what happened from there after, after all that?
1: Um, sorry,
0: I need to use the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Do you know where it is? I do not. Um, so just go out this door Okay. and then go around like, um, in the kitchen uh-huh. and you'll see the garage door and it's to your okay. left. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I didn't know how right to up. like cut that.
0: Oh no, you're good. You got to take your time. Well folks, I hope you guys enjoyed it so far. We're still talking. We got a lot of talked about. Um, Bree is a very... Very great guest. I'm happy to have her. I hope you guys are enjoying it. hope you guys enjoy the new studio for those watching it on the YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this, um, go check out the studio and the new setup. Let me know what you guys think. Um, obviously, let me know what I could do better. And also, there is Herb Session merchandise available It is linked on my YouTube channel. It'll be in the upper right hand corner. You'll see it a a little um, circle and it just says merch. Um, I'm trying to make it easily available if people want to buy stuff that says that, you know, looks like this backdrop here. Um, So far I only have coasters and stickers, but that's where you can find it. Um, The website, uh, it's a great website. I share with a friend that does his own um, YouTube channel as well. It's called Pull Pull Boys. Check that out. Um, Really, really great stuff that he's doing. And um, yeah, I uh, try to make uh, make something out of this. I hope you guys, uh, hope it (laughs) turns out what I am thinking it should turn out to be. But also you can find everything too if um, you don't have YouTube for some reason. Um, you can't find anything um, that I'm talking about uh, you can stri- you can go straight on the web and buy things or you can go to um, on my IG account it's linked as well so you can buy it there and uh, yeah hope you guys uh, can support it where you can cool and she's back <laughs> welcome I was just letting folks know where to buy stuff nice So, alright so you're 19 now, homeboys hooked up, neighbor next door. Yes. What happens after that?
1: Where do um, you go from there? So I'm still working at Staples, and I've made a bunch of friends. You know, we all hang out after work, and, um, and they all drink. Uh, and so I just start doing that. I turned 21. They took me out for my birthday, my 21st birthday. I went to a bar for the very first time, um, hanging out after work. Grabbing some beers. I remember my first beer was disgusting. It was a bottle of Budweiser. Oh yeah, Budweiser is garbage. It still like, is. It's just like what's there, you know. At sure. these and and all these guys are, are around my age too. They're you know between 21 and 24 and they're going to the U and they're holding house parties and yeah, just kind of you fall into that scene. I think it's really easy to do. Yeah. Once you once you once you start find drinking, it. and you find it, and then it's well, that's what all my friends are doing. So I guess I do it too, you know, (laughs) kind of like that same mentality I had with going to church. Well, that's what my parents do. That's what my family does. So I guess just follow along.
0: Do you feel like it was kind of coming like some kind of like journey like that was, you know, I think a lot of people when they hit 21, that's kind of the road they head to. I know I did. I drank like whatever I can get my (laughs) hands on because it's like finally I'm not under anybody else. Yeah. Do you th- do you did you ever feel like that? At not all?
1: necessarily. Um, I think I was more just you know. Well, also, you see it everywhere, right? Yeah. In movies and mm-hmm. TV shows, and it just looks so normalized. But you're growing up in the church, and you're told you're not supposed to do that. But I don't understand why. Yeah. Because if it's such a normalized thing that everybody in society does. Like, aside from, you know, learning in health class and in elementary school and stuff that, like, alcohol is bad because it's a depressant and it can lead to these things. Yeah. The irresponsibility of it and how it um impairs, you know, like, your driving and things like that. But but it's also, well, if you are on top of it, then yeah. you can just do it for fun, right? Because everybody just does it for fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets out of hand. It can very easily get out <laughs> yeah. of hand. Um, when did it start getting I out of hand for you? I really recall? don't
1: know. I think it was falling into a crowd that just partied all the time. Yeah. And the more I drank, well, for anybody, the more you drink, the more your tolerance builds. And so to get that buzz, you have to drink more, right? Mm-hmm. And more and more and more until I mean, there's no end to it. Yeah. Um, and I was always drink fast, drink a lot. I and I'm like that when I eat and everything else. I don't know why.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just
1: <laughs> um, like especially like if it was a cocktail that had a straw in it, like done, just huh? done. Just one sip and done,
0: huh? <laughs> yeah. Damn.
1: And then you start doing shots, and you're uh-huh. doing all these things, and and I it never. Even into my 30s, it never clicked that it's you're going to be able to drink and that it's going to hit you uh-huh. all at once. Like, you're not going to feel drunk immediately after your first shot. But if you keep going back to back 10 shots, yeah. it's going to hit you and you're going to be a hot mess. Yeah. So you're going to go from zero to like obliterated uh-huh. within like a second. It's just going to switch.
0: What was the most you were drinking at one point? Like
1: I don't even know because I well. Could you? Put I like really a six-pack And then like, oh yeah yeah. Um, I dated a guy in my twenties that we would put down a bottle of vodka every night we were together. Man, and just straight vodka right out of the bottle and the chase ones? it. The big no, handle? not a handle.
0: Or the like, just uh, a
1: normal. What is, I don't know. There's a handle on the like most. Seven fifty. Yes. Seven fifty milliliters.
0: Yes. Ooh, that's still big. That's a lot. Between two
1: people. I mean, yeah. that's half a bottle of that. And we would drink that and chase it with whatever juice he had on hand. Uh-huh. A lot of times it was Odwalla green juice. Wow. <laughs> which is I mean, gross. Green juice, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just right out of the bottle, um, my ex-husband and I uh-huh. could put down a handle of Jameson in a weekend.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, well, I don't want to say that's impressive, but damn, that's...
1: I mean... We the had taken, is insane. Yeah, taken yeah, taking pictures of our res- our glass recycle bin and posted it on Facebook of like we're clearly a Jameson household and it is just filled with <sighs> handles and seven fifties. Yikes! Yep, I could put down Man. a bottle of wine by myself.
0: Yeah, wine's not too hard to put down. No, it's pretty easy. But a bottle but of Jameson, that's tough. Jameson's okay whiskey. <laughs> um, I've even then I've had like some really great whiskey and I was like, I can imagine drinking all this in like one sitting. Like, yeah. And people do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, wow. So you're just partying and drinking and drinking and partying. Mm-hmm. And then, so you, you said you, you also got married. Um, When did you meet him? Oh, that was way, 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 way later. Yeah. So where we're at now is like mid twenties. Yes. And drinking. Yeah. Um, what what's occurring during that time as well? Um, Different job meeting.
1: No, you? I stayed with Staples for fourteen years. Whoa! Okay. Yeah. Um, and in the mix, I did meet two of my best friends. Okay. Um, of course we met at a bar. Hey. I was dating a bartender at the time. Oh no! Who? It's not good. <laughs> so he was a cath lab tech, and oh, I one know. of his yeah. best friends um, was. An EchoTech, mm-hmm. and so I met her through him. She was going through a divorce at the time too, and they were like really hanging out. Um, so I met her, and then through her, I met my other friend. We went to the three of us went to Regina Spektor. not know what that concert. Is. Oh, she's I don't an know. Act- that is. Or a, a musician, and she's very acoustic. Plays the piano. Okay. Um, and it was at the in the venue. Which has been called so many different things. I don't even know if it's called that anymore. At one point it was called Bricks, but it's over like west of the gateway. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> we're there. And at the time, they would do basically free pour Long Island iced teas because they found a way to kind of work the system. Cause you know how the liquor laws are here. Yeah. But they would, you know, measure out the main alcohol. And then have all of these other alcohols listed as flavoring so they could free pour those. These huge ass Long Island iced teas that are like this big. Yeah. Yeah. I go through at least two before the concert starts. So does Evelyn. We're fucking wasted. Whoa. I just said fucking. And I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. Yeah, You can can
0: talk however (laughs) you want.
1: Um, And show starts. And about 20 minutes in, security comes up to me and Evelyn, and they're like, You guys need to leave uh-huh. because you're being too loud, and the artist has requested it. So Regina Specter kicked us out of her hey, concert. We did it. So we're, we're like, famous. We're like, fine, fuck it. We go back to the bar and meet these two lovely ladies, this beautiful lesbian couple. And okay. they just buy yeah. us great vodka shots for the rest of the concert.
0: Oh. No. <laughs> Are you were are you when you were drinking? Were you a pretty uh, mean drunk? Violent, I was a fun drunk, fun? for
1: a good portion of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in the beginning, I, I was a fun drunk. Um, yeah. So I met a lot of people through drinking. Met a sure. lot of people in bars. I think at that time too, Piper Down would do karaoke nights on Sundays and. Um. One of my friends and I would always go down there and there was a whole other group of, you know, we'd see the karaoke peoples on Sundays and there was another like, everybody got wasted on a Sunday. Mm. (laughs) Um, And I was hanging out with them and partying and um, it just became a part of my life in how I had fun. Yeah. You know, I couldn't go out and do something without having a drink in my hand. Sure um
0: do you feel there was more behind your drinking like there's something you're battling
1: Some I sort think, of form of depression you know or
0: escaping? getting
1: getting drunk is an escape sure through a lot of it you know you, I don't realize I didn't realize that it's what I needed yeah or that I was you know doing it to try and escape um it wasn't until I had a I had a bad breakup and actually you know what's funny the time I was getting jumbled here a little bit this is before i met all that the party crew uh-huh. i had a bad breakup and i started day drinking wine and i missed work
0: Ooh, day drinking's bad
1: yeah and yeah. it was just i was so sad it was the first time i can actually remember like sad drinking like using alcohol like crying as and,
0: yeah yeah
1: as medication as a medication yeah. exactly um and I'm drunk calling him and all this stuff. And he was also a recovering alcoholic. His sister worked up at uni. So they drove me up to uni. And I, you know, drunk, lied my way through. No, I'm not suicidal. No, I'm not this. I'm fine. I'll stop drinking, whatever. And so sure. I get sent home. Um, That was my first go at uni.
0: Oh, so they even took you up because they felt you were a danger to yourself. Well,
1: that happened later. Okay. Um, I was dating. I was in a really toxic relationship and this is probably the start of my toxic relationships which i then decided i needed to be in a toxic relationship every time yeah yeah <laughs> um and there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on but with this guy i mean he had a way of making me feel so bad and sometimes making me feel scared and i pushed his buttons to it it's not one-sided any of my relationships all of the things that happen i i own my part in it too sure um But it was after his sister's wedding and we were at my house and his like half sister was staying at our house. And all he wanted to do was like talk to her and I wasn't getting attention. So I am already super drunk because we were at the wedding all day. Yeah. Um, And to get attention, I decide I'm going to swallow a bottle of Benadryl. Oh, no. And then drink some more. And tell them that I did it and tell them that I'm going to die. Yeah. said a nurse friend that told me Benadryl overdoses are one of the most difficult overdoses to bring someone back from.
0: Yeah, there's a lot in that medication that suppresses, I forget what it is, but it, it shallows your breathing too. Yeah. And that's the danger of it. It so, slows you down.
1: So I OD on Benadryl oh and I'm goodness. drunk beyond belief. And sure. thankfully they call paramedics and get mm-hmm. taken to the hospital and, and
0: the did whole they hit thing. you with charcoal?
1: I'm sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. I don't oh, you remember don't anything. Oh, got you, Gotcha. Um, I was told I seized in the ambulance. I uh-huh. don't remember any of it. I remember waking up with a huge like bite in my lip because yeah. that happened during the seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in the ICU, they get me through it, they, you know, move me out I'm on the recovery floor, and doctor comes in, he's like, so we're going to move you to uni once a bed opens up. I'm like, the fuck you are? I'm not crazy.
0: Yeah. Uni is, uh, remind me what that? that's the- um, uh, It's the
1: Utah Neurological Institute, and it's called something else now, they've renamed it to like the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, I think. Okay. Um so he says we're going to do it and I'm like no and he says well then we're going to have to put you in jail. Oh. And I'm like what? Cuz I guess suicide's illegal in Utah. Really? And I'm thinking
0: I you know How are those
1: the options? You know
0: <laughs> I think that's actually that's I yeah, I think that I think California has the same law. It's illegal yeah. to do that. Wow, okay um
1: so. so i'm in uni i'm in my whole thing is i'm gonna get out as soon as i can yeah because i don't want to be here i'll just do what i have to do i was really you know really good at people pleasing right sure. i can say what i need to say and do what i need to do and i'll be out yeah. four days i was out gotcha um couldn't tell you anything except for we colored a lot of stuff because that was how you pass the time as they print out these coloring sheets and you can just color the whole time
0: interesting yeah and did they have like group or anything? Oh yeah, there like were
1: the group sessions and you had an individual session with a psychiatrist uh-huh. and a and a social worker and they figured out where to place you and they, you know, refer you to an outpatient therapist and, and everything. So like I'll go through the motions, I'll do all this stuff because at this point I don't think I have a problem. Yeah. Tried to commit suicide, but it's fine. I it was just one night I made a I made a stupid decision. Yeah. It won't happen again.
0: Did, um, did your folks ever hear about that? Did they ever? They
1: knew I was in uni. My brother was at Bayou at the time and he actually came and visited me. Okay. My dad would call me and he said on one of the conversations that mom's afraid to call because she thinks this is all her fault.
0: Huh. I wonder why she would think that. Make it about her. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my mom.
1: Like she, a self-realization that all of the pressure that she put on me, maybe, I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing of, like, so she can't get over herself to call me.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: But, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, parents have their...
1: Their things. uh, And you don't see it until you're an adult, and you're like, oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I start to see where my parents come from more and more as I'm older. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where they got that from. Yeah, and then and then okay. you're like,
1: oh, that's why I'm like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As much as I don't want to be they like my dad, it down to me, and I have those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so much my mother's daughter. <laughs> yeah, so
0: my older brother's like, do you just like that? You're just like that fool. I was like, I know.
1: I, I don't fight it anymore.
0: He's not a bad guy. He's a really great dad. Yeah, when my mom's not around. Mm. Um. Yeah, but that's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> so when you got out. What what was the next step for you? Did I went right coworkers... back into
1: partying and drinking cuz I just didn't think there it. was anything wrong. It wasn't a wake up call for me at that time. I thought I'm just going to live my life. Yeah. They want to think I have depression or whatever. I whatever. Everyone's depressed, I, you know. Yeah. Everyone has issues. Um, drinking makes me feel better. Right. And again, it's what all my friends are doing. It's mm-hmm. that peer it's like passive peer pressure. Or it's like peer pressure I put on myself
2: yeah. because it's
1: like they're going to not think I'm cool yeah. if I'm not drinking now. They, no one ever told me that. I just assumed that. Yeah. Just like, you know, all the times that I thought I was a disappointment to my mother. She never came out and told me I was a disappointment. I just assumed that's what she thought.
0: Mm. So there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say childhood trauma, but there's a lot of like psychological. Oh, yeah. Um, behind it, and I guess the drinking started to like kind of show what was really mm-hmm. going on,
1: and then that's how I was meeting more people. Yeah, No, I'm meeting. I'm single because I break up with that guy, and now I'm meeting people in bars. Yeah, and I'm meeting people feel everywhere good, I you're go, happy, when I'm dating these party, guys. Sure, and, yeah, yeah. You know, people think I'm fun when I'm drinking, yeah. and yeah.
0: Dang. So, where was your next step after? Um, you. Could, you were, so you're out? You, did you go back to work? I was oh. back at work. Back at work? Um, at
1: this time, I would have been an assistant manager with uh-huh. the company. Um, you know, I'm moving up at work, so I'm still on paper thinking like I'm fine. Sure. I'm still achieving what I need to do at work. I'm responsible. I can control it. It's only on the weekends, this and this and this, you know. I've been a hungover at work a couple times but my job's so easy. I can do it hungover. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I meet this new guy at a bar. and. I can't tell you how many times I probably should have been murdered for the amount of stupid decisions I've made with just leaving bars with people.
0: Okay. (laughs) I mean (laughs) we all we all had our moments Um, for sure.
1: But I meet this guy and we start dating and it's you know, he's a big partier too. He didn't grow up Mormon, so his parents are big partiers partiers and we just we live out the next five years of life. We didn't date for all of it, uh-huh. kind of off and on, but we were roommates for all of it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So we were roommates, and then we dated, and then we broke up, but we were still roommates. So all of this is going on, and we're just partying every night. We're getting hammered every night. There's not a night that we don't drink. Wow.
0: What what age does this put you at? Do you recall? I would
1: have been late 20s, probably around 28 to 31-ish. Okay. so I remember turning 30. When we were living out here in Midville,
0: okay. Um, so you're 30 at this point and mm -hmm. still going. Still going. How's your health doing? Does your liver, kidneys, did they ever do anything? Blood work? No, no. I've seen some people get at it probably younger than you have, Mm -hmm. and their liver is just done.
1: I'm sure I've done damage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't do it though, but liver's um, a. Crazy strong organ. Um, it does a lot every day, and if you give it enough time, it will recover. It, if it self it doesn't, heals, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: that's why you can do liver transplants, and you can take mm-hmm. pieces of liver from somebody and right. So,
0: but once it's uh, what's it called, seroted? When Once once it's hardened, oh, uh huh, it's done. You can't oh, okay, fix, you yeah. can't fix that part. Um, but okay, you're still early 30s your health you can bounce back still mm-hmm. fairly easy and then so you five years with this fella what happens after that five years you guys break up and
1: well then... so at the tail end of it because we weren't together and I was so in love with this guy like sickeningly in love with this guy I don't know why just for some reason he had me on his hook. When we break up, I'm like, okay, we need to figure out how to be single. We need to figure out how to be okay with each other dating. Um, He's going to introduce me to this guy because he works as a bartender. Uh-huh. And this guy's a regular. And he's like, I want to introduce you to this guy. So he does. And we hit it off. And, you know, now with him, I'm introduced to not only a lot of alcohol, but a lot of drugs. Oh. Okay. Because he is part of that EDM scene.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I used to be into that. You know? I still love EDM, but yeah, not like hardcore like some folks. Are, yeah. Yeah. And I, so he's-
1: yeah. you know, <laughs> I get he's it. I get it. met all these people that are like in their 20s, and they're just uh, getting high sure. every night and going to shows and stuff. But I meet him, and I'm like, okay, he likes me. He's not this guy. I'm going to just do it. Yeah. Let's just dive right into it. Yeah. Um, turns into this whole thing where my ex starts dating a girl and then i get super jealous when i'm drunk about that and Uh i scare her off and then he gets super drunk because he's jealous about me dating this guy and it just turns into this whole
0: boiling pot of badness
1: yeah yeah to the point where like i have to call the cops on him he gets evicted all this shit whoa and now i'm stuck with rent by myself Uh on this place um But I'm now with this new guy who we make the decision to live together because he's got a house out in West Jordan. So I end my lease and now I'm taken care of, right? Because I've got a guy with a house. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he seems responsible. (laughs) He's a single dad. He has a, he owns a home. He has a job, you know, all this stuff. Okay. Um, and so this is the ex-husband.
0: Oh, so this is the one you end up marrying. Yes. Okay. And now, when you guys were dating, are you guys, before you even get married, are you still doing, like, drugs oh, yeah. on top of that? Oh, yeah. We're
1: partying. I, I, I kind of Do start you know pulling what... him out of that. Okay, okay. Because I'm looking at him, and he, three years older than me, four years older than me. And so he's almost 40, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Uh. You know? Like... No, it was it mainly just, uh, out of possessiveness and jealousy because I don't want him hanging out with these half-naked 20-year-olds. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, that's, all, yeah that's all you and see. And he's drunk
1: and high, and who uh-huh. knows what the fuck he's going to do, unsupervised, drunk and high. Sure. Um, But, you know, I tell him, like, you're a dad. It's this. We're trying to do our future. You can't keep going out to raves all night, not come home or not tell me where you are or leave your kids. Or... And his kids are, are teenagers, like 13 and 15 at the time so it's not like they were little kids but still i mean what kind of example are you setting for them and they're watching i'm doing all this saying all these things to him so he kind of pulls out of that scene but that doesn't stop our drinking you know we're not going out but we'll stay in and get hammered and some nights it was great and other nights it was not yeah you know we either because i would i started as i got older i was either a fun drunk or i was i was a fun drunk until i wasn't Oh. a fun drunk
0: like fights and stuff like that i like kidding mm-hmm. did you guys ever like
1: we never went blows
0: never went blows that's good um shoves no okay
1: good it never got violent that's good um it did with the guy right before him at one point and this was early on and i don't know why i didn't end it right when it happened but i've been through some Some physical abuse in relationships, some sexual assault. You know, I talk about how I shouldn't have been murdered. Well, you know, other things happen when you make choices to just go home with a stranger. Yeah, I can Um, imagine. But I remember one night we were drinking, we got into it, and he just chokes me out. And he says, I would have hit you too. I don't know what I said. I got lippy.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Was he choking you out to, like... Hold you back from doing something or you no, just No, I just enough? said something that pissed him uh, off. okay, okay.
1: Next thing I know, his hand's on my neck and he's just like, I would have hit you too.
0: Oh, boy. And
1: you think, like, someone who's insecure, you don't talk about victim blaming. Uh-huh. Yeah. I already felt like in every single one of those situations, I, of course, deserved it. And that one, I deserved that because I got lippy, so he had every right to- to fight back, however he decided to. And if I hadn't gotten lippy, this wouldn't happen. happened. Um, we got on a huge tangent there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, it's just, um, it, it's wild that, that you think that, oh, well, I did it, so I, de- I deserve it like that, you know?
1: And it goes back to, you know, we're always going to dial back to that people-pleasing thing. Yeah. If I do something wrong that is no longer pleasing to the opposite party than any consequences, any negative consequences that come from that. It's my fault because I didn't do what I should have done.
0: Yeah. Damn.
1: Uh,
0: man, that's <laughs> wild. I mean, I've been through some rough relationships, but never to the point like what um, what you're expressing here. Um. So you're just, you're going down this wild path. Mm-hmm. Um, do you recall what kind of drugs you guys were doing on top of drinking? Was it just,
1: it was ecstasy
0: and stuff? I like think that? it
1: was that. Um, I'm trying to think, because I was on antidepressants. Okay. Which I think they must have put me on after I got out of uni. So, um, Zoloft no it went zoloft. through a mix of stuff i did do zoloft for a little bit but they took me off that because it it made me sick
0: how did you feel in those antidepressants i had i was on a run with those when i was younger boy mm-hmm. oh boy
1: i honestly could not tell you everything that i've tried that doctors have tried for yeah. me um i'm finally at a place where we found a really good mix okay that's been working for me for about three years now three okay. four years good um but i mean i was going through all this and that's the other part is i'm drinking there you know you're not supposed to drink
0: no not on those that escalates <laughs> just like whatever like yeah, what's yeah.
1: it gonna do um so so things like ecstasy molly uh-huh. is that the same thing i don't even yeah. know what they're all freaking called they are what's just, the other one there's same some same thing yeah they
0: just changed the name uh but mushrooms they don't do anything for me Nothing, because huh? my
1: antidepressants are serotonin blockers. Oh, that's
0: right. I forgot about that. Dang.
1: So then it's like, well, then let's try cocaine. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Touch the uh, white, the devil's white powder, huh? Oh,
1: yeah. And then it makes you feel like you have superpowers and it doesn't matter how much you drink because you're just freaking flying. You're, you're yeah. like in the zone.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. And how long did that go on for with you guys? That was, So you guys were together five? We'd have been no, together. Not five years. This we were together for three years. Three years. Three okay. years, yeah. And then you got married.
1: Yes. Okay. So about a year and a half and we got married, but we all in all were together for three years. Um, gotcha. Right after we got married, we got married in October. Um, that next May, after I think he's gotten all of the partying out of his system despite the fact that we're getting drunk and high together every weekend every weekend uh-huh. he goes out and stays out all night with some friends i don't know where he is and he leaves me and i'm all fucked up uh-huh. so he had some muscle relaxers for a back problem and i like downed a whole bunch of them thinking maybe i won't wake up in the morning oh, yeah. and so i do he's home and i've some of the shit that I do, I'm like, oh my god. Um, I'm getting ready for work, and I say, by the way, I took a bunch of your muscle relaxers last night, thinking that they would kill me, and they didn't. Wow. And he's like, you're not going to work. We need to figure this out. So he calls my job and explains to them what's happening, and he's like, you need to get in to see a therapist, and this and this and this and this. So we find like some random counselor off a list of like in network providers on his insurance. Mm-hmm. And that goes awful
2: because
1: oh, really? <laughs> I'm being defiant I'm being defensive. And I'm sure. just like, fuck you. Yeah. She actually tells me that I'm crazy, uh-huh. which no therapist should probably tell a patient. Um, and she says, you have to take her to the hospital. You have to. So we leave and, and I'm, I don't even know if I was drunk. I can't remember. I was flying off the rails though. Yeah. Uh, was um Those pills in probably this kicked state. in yeah. and he's like taking me to the hospital i'm like no he's like i'm going to and <laughs> this is so funny so you know um is it intermountain in yeah. west jordan is like right there and i'm like don't take me there he's like why because i don't want to go to valley mental health take me to the u i want to go to uni
2: oh, <laughs> when boy. i don't
1: even want to go anywhere <laughs> yeah um, And so they held me in, you know, the room in the ER. They've mm-hmm. got this guy coming in and out talking to me about um, my situation that I'm definitely going to uni once okay. they get a bed open. This guy was really, really awesome, though, because he he'd done this up just for himself, for other patients. But he explained therapist shopping to me and he explained he had a whole list of, like, things that you should think about when you're looking for a therapist. And kind of mm. had me had me look at therapy a little bit differently okay. um, and finding the right fit. Yeah. But it was kind of a weird thing to be, like, going through as I'm waiting for them to tell me a bed's opened up in uni. Because at one point I was like, you're not going to let me – I can't get in unless there's a bed. He's like, I'm going to get you a bed. Uh. I was like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> so I get, you know, I get, the animal shows up, I get whisked away to uni. Gotcha. But for some reason, this time, it sets in that I don't want to have to do this again.
0: So finally And I hit. don't
1: know how. But I was there for Nine days. Oh, wow. So they put you in like really high security ward at first. Uh Make sure that you're not a danger to yourself or others. And then you kind of graduate out of that into less restrictive floors. I made a lot of really good friends there that time. Gotcha. And their program was, I don't know if if it's that they, they changed their program so much or I was in the right mindset. I'm sure it's a combination of both. But it got me really thinking about what I was going through, why I did what I did, what I was feeling, what I wanted out of this. I was able to actually connect with people that went through the exact same things I did, that thought the exact same way I did. And for some reason this time around, I didn't feel like I was there as a punishment. Yeah. I saw it as an opportunity, and maybe it's because, you know, I'm in my 30s now, and I'm a wife, and I'm a stepmom, or who knows sure. what yeah. changed it. But I get discharged, and I've got my therapist set up, and with work, I went on a leave of absence for about three months. Um, so I have all this time to do therapy and work on myself and do all these things. Yeah. Um, I'm also not with Staples anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, They actually, they closed my store, so I got let go of, uh, um, which was fine, because then I got severance, which was great. Yeah. And Staples was basically killing me at that point. It was driving me to drink a lot, because it became really high stress. Okay. Um, but this new company, you know, was really great at, at getting my FMLA worked out, and my short-term disability worked out, whatever I needed. Yeah. But I'm going through therapy, and this therapist, like... Day one, I click with her.
2: Yeah.
1: And she's explaining to me, you know, what she normally sees with patients. She's like, you're on you're on that mental health high because uni was a great experience. Now you want to get better. And so you're here. But it's not going to stay there. There's going to be – there's always a, a point where it just yeah, going to crash.
0: Where you're going to have to meet. You're
1: going to lose. Yeah.
0: What you've been running from.
1: Exactly. And yeah. she's like, but, I'll, you know, I'm here to help you through all of it. So I'm going to therapy every week and – gearing myself up to go back to work. And in talking with my therapist, she's like, we probably really need to address the drinking. Um, and also my ex-husband had thought about separation at that point too. Gotcha. But he decided to stay in it because he didn't want to leave me alone, I guess. So we were going through couples therapy to cope with what had happened between us. And then I'm going to individual therapy. So I' one of my friends moves back and she's like, "I really want to stop drinking and I'm like, okay, I, I need to too. Let's do this together
0: Yeah
1: And we we found this app called I am Sober
0: uh-huh.
1: that actually helps you track like how much money you would have spent on alcohol and how many days you've been sober and things like that. So we're like we're working with this app together. It's awesome what we're doing it together. Oh, we can hits cool. the first weekend hits, we get drunk
0: oh i I thought i was about to hear like a hoorah story no 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 we get hammered (laughs) we do
1: and then we're like okay we'll reset (laughs) we'll reset and she just got another relationship so now she's dating and she's drinking like every other night and she's like yeah i just don't know if it's the right time for me and i'm like well i'm gonna see i'm gonna see what i can do you know i'm on new meds not thinking that through but i'm like I, i really need to stop doing this if i want all of this to work so i go another week and a half and then i really want a glass of wine yeah. And since I drank one glass of wine at dinner, I might as well just get hammered because I already broke my streak. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> so the mentality there is I still messed up. So might as well just... I mean, I
1: might as well just steer into the skid, right? Right. If I've already messed up, I'm not going to make it worse by drinking more tonight. Yeah. So I, I spent like five months of starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping. But I got sick. After like one or two drinks every time, Mm. which I'd never had that before. But I thought I'll just power through and I can still, you know, drink. I can drink socially. I can drink responsibly. Sure. Um, It wasn't until. So my sober date is October 12th, 2019. And I was in Vegas with my friend that was that started me on the not drinking thing that was still drinking gotcha and we went to go meet another friend who had gotten sober about six months before i did i think um to do one of those mud girl races oh, yeah, like off yeah, sur- yeah, you know we're like yeah, yeah. oh we're, we're bffs we're gonna do this and and it's in vegas so when you sign in
0: they give you a beer don't they
1: fuck yeah
0: yeah yeah i heard they
1: they're it's like really here's weird. a ticket for a free beer
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 yep I never stood that like that tough mutter stiff. And then afterwards there's like beer, pizza. Yeah. It's like, uh okay, so I'm like, it makes it's free. No sense.
1: I might as well, you know, sure. Lisa and I will have one before um before we go and it'll be fine. And I throw up halfway through the race. Oh.
0: So something's going on. Yes. Okay.
1: And at this time my husband and I are trying for a baby too, so I get worried that maybe I'm pregnant.
0: Oh. And drinking on top of that
1: don't help. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that was when I was like, I I cannot anymore. And yeah. I think what really um, put the nail in the coffin was my husband, I, you know, we got back into town and I'm like, let's do this when I get home. Let's go out and have dinner and whatever. That was the plan. But he's in a pool league at the time and he, um, he's at the bar. Uh-huh. He's supposed to come home after his rounds. Well, he stays there two hours past when we were going to go to dinner. Oh. He comes home lit. Oh, no. And I'm just like... I'm so disheartened because we had a plan, and he, again, has chosen partying. Uh-huh. Over Did you start me. start
0: seeing yourself in him a little bit? Like a little bit. Gotcha.
1: Um, that was the first night I was ever afraid of him physically. Oh boy! Because he didn't understand why I was upset. I had no right to be upset. That I'm just controlling and I'm just nagging and, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is also the next day, it's the first time that he actually, he blacked out and he didn't remember anything that he did the night before. So I was able to have a talk with him and we, we kind of came to terms and we started kind of figuring things out. So we, you know, continued couples therapy and, and things like that. Um, but we were getting high every weekend.
0: Oh. So I wasn't
1: drinking anymore.
0: Were you talking like weed or something like that? Coke. Oh. So, we're doing coke. I'm now. like being are so we-
1: open on something that's going to be on the <laughs> internet.
0: <laughs> hey, some people need to hear it. Um, there's probably people dealing with things that are probably even more beyond what we're talking about and probably don't even feel like there's any hope coming back from it. So, to have you sit here and open up and express it, <laughs> it's pretty powerful and I appreciate it oh, well. greatly. Um, like I said, you can share whatever you want, and you don't have to share <laughs> anything that you don't want to. So, so now we're not drinking, we're doing no, We're doing yes. coke. Did you ever figure out why you were throwing up? No. No. You just, oh, your no, body no. I, was it just had to like, have,
1: looking back, it had to have just been the change in meds. Yeah, yeah. And by some, like just for my health, now to where I'm at, it just by some, I hate to say miracle, but something was like, my body was like, we got to tell her to stop.
0: Yeah, your body's pretty smart at doing that for so you. So
1: let's figure out a way to make her stop. We know she hates throwing up. So <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll push the throw up button. For yeah, a little bit. every time Maybe she'll get the hint.
1: <laughs> um, so it's it's right before my birthday, and despite the drug use, you know I'm pretty level headed now because um, I'm not drinking. And he's still drinking. um, You know, he thinks I judge him for it or, I, you know, whatever. And the whole time in my head, too. And I had this thought when I got out of uni and maybe this is why I kept trying to drink or kept trying to do things that were still part of our old lifestyle was what if he doesn't love this version of me? Ah. And then looking back at all my other relationships, what if they don't love the healthy version of me? Yeah. And I don't know who that is either, but we met under circumstances where I was fucked up. Right. And then I'm no longer fun anymore or I'm no longer, you know, at their mercy where they can manipulate me or whatever it is. I'm not trying to like make myself out to be like a victim, but it's just, it's an interesting thought Yeah, when you start yeah. to get sober and you start focusing on yourself and the mental health king, thing kicks in, so so it's a weekend before my birthday. This is right after the COVID surge. This is twenty twenty. Okay, and you know we're doing our thing, and he decides he wants to go to his friend's house, and I throw this big fit. I'm like, why? Da, da, da. And we throw, we have this huge fight about it.
0: You're and, like, Eat a Snickers, fool! <laughs> I just didn't want him to go.
1: <laughs> I wanted to control him so bad, and. And I'm pretty sure his friend convinced him to do this. But the next day he comes home. He doesn't want to talk to me. And it's my fucking birthday. He doesn't want to talk to me. So I'm like texting him at work. And he tells me he's thinking divorce. Mm. So I tell work I got to go because Darren just asked me for a divorce. And he was sticking to it.
0: Yeah. Did he ever tell you why? He wanted a divorce.
1: He just, he told me at one point that we had problems from the get-go, but he thought that if he married me, they would eventually go away. Mm. And in the year and a half we were married, they hadn't yet.
0: Mm.
1: So, so that's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. And then two days later, that whole earthquake happens here.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that earthquake. It hadn't, um, had an earthquake here in like some crazy twenty years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What a dumbass. What a shitty year.
1: It was oh my God. It yeah. was
0: I hate that year.
1: I do too. It was <laughs> not a good year. Um and so, so
0: you're dealing with that on your birthday. I
1: had you know? therapy too that day. So I go to therapy and I'm just like a mess. Um you know yeah. it just happens and I'm telling my therapist all about it. And she's like, oh my God and like everything that I thought of you know, I thought he wasn't going to love me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore, but I'm not super help- like all these things, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um so originally my plan was to move back home cuz I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. You know, I can't live at that house anymore. Yeah. Um my friend takes me in thankfully. So I have a place to stay with her. Nice. Um and it just all kind of I knew, I, I d- figured out there was no changing his mind. Yeah it was really crappy i never fully broke down about it except for that first day right after he told me yeah which i was i was telling my therapist like that just seems weird i'm waiting for the other shoe i'm waiting for sure. the big meltdown where big, i start drinking is. and i'm just right back to where i started and yeah and all of this and um, even
0: what a great excuse to start drinking. Right. You know, some people wait. Like my younger brother is like that with his uh, issues um, with uh, heroin and everything. And he would just, you know, I would constantly talk him through it and he'd be good for a minute. But anytime one little thing mm-hmm. didn't go his way, I got an excuse. Exactly. he start comes. looking for excuses. Yeah, yeah. and he would find a- them. Yeah, I had a
1: hard day at work. Um, I deserve to get drunk tonight. Yeah. This happened. I'm going to just, you know, erase it from my mind, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm moving with my friend. I'm still working on getting stuff out of our house. Um, and so, you know, you asked about if he ever told me why he told me why when I asked him and one of the times I was there to grab stuff, um. He told me what he said, that he thought it was going to go better or that it was, you know, he didn't really want to get married in the first place. But he thought that if he did, things would change. Yeah. And I didn't start a fight, but I stood my ground and defended myself. And I said, how dare you do that to me? Yeah. How dare you put me through all of this when you didn't even want to be in it? You lied to me the entire three years we were together. Yeah. You didn't want this. Why would you string me along to have it only to, to end it like this? It's fucked up.
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: <laughs> you had so many opportunities in couples therapy to bring up whatever was going on with you, whatever you felt was going on with us. And you sat there every session and said everything's everything was fine
0: yeah.
1: or everything was getting better. but um, Instead, you decided to just drop this ball on me. Yeah. So, but it was a pretty like vindicating feeling to do that. And this whole time, I stay sober. Good. Good for <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that showed you that you had it in yourself. Like, oh, I can be
1: sober. I I you can. Know? I got it. I can self heal. I can. You know, there's yeah. other ways to cope with negative experience or negative emotion or whatever it is. And also, you know, at this point, it's it's a lot of things that went together. Yeah. I'm been going to therapy for almost a year and I'm really focused on that because I like my therapist and we're, we're figuring things out and I'm starting to understand more about my own mental health and watching triggers and, you know, understanding who I am and getting a clearer read on like what my diagnosis is and figuring out ways to, to manage that.
0: Yeah. Did you ever get a full diagnosis? of what
1: so i suffer from severe depression uh-huh. generalized anxiety disorder with borderline personality disorder tendencies
0: okay that's a whole lot that's a lot you. of stuff we're almost on the same boat yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, and I'm glad you bring up mental health, not because it's like the cool thing to do now. I feel like so many people just use it as an excuse Mm -hmm. for so much. And it's, I know when I, kind of the same boat you, like I'm going all this madness in my life, like crazy ups and downs. I would go to in and out of therapy, not really get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then finally I, when I was in um, my medical school where I went, they're like, if you need testing, if you need prolonged hour, like mm-hmm. you're gonna we're gonna need a diagnosis of what you got going oh. on. I was like, Oh, okay. So I was like, Well, where do I get that? And luckily they gave us really great insurance. And I'm like, all right. It's free? Yeah. Cool. So I go and I do this testing for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And I do all this testing. And then the guy calls me, he's like, All right, let's let's sit down. And I'm sitting in this room alone, We've got no one there. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is what you got going on. He's like, you got um, major depression disorder mm-hmm. with manic episodes, mm. with mania. I was like, well, what's that? He's like, you you have manic episodes and you don't even know that, that you have you're it, manic. that yep. you're, you're manic. I was like, well, can you explain that? He's like, you, have you ever had a moment where you're all of a sudden you can't like focus mm-hmm. and you're you're doing things that you know you shouldn't do but you're so focused on it but when someone watches you it's like why is why are you doing mm-hmm. that that's really not I was like I don't think so <laughs> and i went home and i like cried i was like I don't, i'm not like this yeah like i've never seen it the depression part for sure uh-huh. i've always had it and then i finally saw myself have the manic episode when i quit my job at the u I left my apartment, I spent all this money getting back home, and nobody is, like, stopping me. Oh. They're watching me do it, because they're, like, they're being supportive, and I'm not putting it on them, but they're, like, what is he doing? Yeah. But my brother didn't say anything, and um, nobody said anything, because they're, like, we're just, we got to be supportive for Mm -hmm. us. And then I sit... (laughs) I finally realized when I get to my friend's house, he lets me live in his house for free, which mm-hmm. I still appreciate. But it's a little add-on room in the garage, mm-hmm. nothing special. And I don't have anything but my clothes. I'm like, and I'm sleeping and I'm laying in my bed. I'm like, this is what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I the breaking point was sitting in that room. I was like, I went from having a job, having my own mm-hmm. place, to back in the high desert, where it's nothing but meth heads and I'm in a little garage room. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? And then that was finally it. So now I I I see where where you're coming from. Like once you finally realize what it is and you see it for mm-hmm. the first time, you go, Now I tell people if I ever do this again, fucking yeah. stop me. Stop yeah. me. Because it will happen again. I don't know when. Mm-hmm. But if I start doing some weird shit where you're like, what are you doing? You need to call it out. Call it out because I'll just keep going. Yeah. And I'll disappear. Like I disappeared from everybody. They're like, where the fuck?
1: Where's this guy going?
0: (laughs) And it's scary because you can't stop it.
1: No. I couldn't stop it. And when you're in the middle of it, you don't even like. Yeah. You don't think. This is what I'm doing as irrational as it may be. Yeah. I've just, I've made up my mind. Yep. Um, You know, it's funny you, you brought up telling your friends like if you see this happen again you need to stop me. you need to do something one of the things that you needed was when you're getting ready to discharge they have you write out like almost like an emergency sheet for the ones close to you so that they can know the warning signs and that they can step in when they need to and it's a really cool worksheet so it's hmm. you know it's like I need help when I behave this way. Yeah. Things that I need said to me when I'm behaving this way are this.
0: Oh, that's smart.
1: Um, And it's a really neat worksheet to have. So I think it's important, like, what you did to tell your friends, watch out for this.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm asking you to to step in here. I think more people should think about that stuff, too. Having a plan. Yeah. And really getting a team, that's important. That's what I found out was important this last time around with the mental health thing is having a team that's on board with helping me and supporting me in the ways that I need to, not just a oh, yeah, I'm here for you, kind of. Yeah, hang in there. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you got this. It'll get better. You yeah, know? yeah. But people that are really invested in your well-being makes a huge difference. And it makes yeah. it so much easier to do things that are right for you. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's that's pretty wild. Has there been any other in your family with mental issues that no one has ever talked about or brought up?
1: Growing up Asian, you don't talk about it.
0: Yeah, I know they don't talk about it. That's As, very weird. And well, you for don't them, wanna, it's taboo.
1: You don't want to burden somebody with your own problems. It's rude.
0: Yeah, but have you seen the death forest in Japan? <laughs> that's, I that's know. poor people that could have been helped. But they don't um, take their lives out in the forest because of, you know. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. There's no other way. It yeah. just
1: um my my dad has come out and said that he thinks he's depressed, but he doesn't know how to get help and I've encouraged him to, but it's I think it's a generational thing too. Yeah. They you know here we are 2022 still trying to fight the stigma around mental health. Yeah. Like our parents were brought up in the height of the stigma mm-hmm. around mental health of you have to just power through it you have to be stronger you have to fight it cuz it's not a real thing it's just in your head yeah i think that's one of the hardest things about it too to get people to understand and it is very easy once you're aware of it to see the people who get it and the people that don't yeah but to convince the people that don't that you are sick
0: yeah
1: that you do need help that you know, some days you, you try and show up every day, but some days you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, get a lot of that at work. It's so, like I've got days where an event where my doctor's actually written out that, you know, I'm prone to suffer episodes, and if that happens, I'm incapable of doing my job. Mm. Um, my coworkers obviously they don't know that because they have no reason to or right to but you know there are days that I miss work and in their minds it's oh she's just you know going through a thing she just needs to get over it
0: yeah I think what you were saying um, earlier I think a lot of people don't want to bring it up because like you said nobody wants to be called crazy no and I think that's why a lot of people just don't say it because I know if someone's if that doctor would be like you're kind of crazy I'm like who are mm-hmm. you, bro? Yeah. Like, it'd be a different story. But I, I know I'm a little like I have my moments, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like to think they're crazy. It's just really weird when, like you said, like if you don't, if you're not dealing with it and you're dealing with it and you start doing something, like what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, You know, it, it's, it's really out of your control sometimes. Yep. And it's scary that, like, when I saw myself go through it, I'm like, who the fuck was that? Like, how did it get to that point? <laughs> who was that person doing that? Well,
1: that escalated quickly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know who that was. That uh-huh. wasn't me. I'm not like that. And it's weird. It's like, there's, you know, like you said, there's like another person mm-hmm. that pops out once in a while. Like, oh, well, shit.
1: There he is. I will say, you know? <laughs> since I've stopped drinking, I see that person less and less.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, kind of same here. The more I, I don't, I know when I was younger, I had a drink, but it never really got out of control. Mm-hmm. But it did cause a lot of like issues, like mm-hmm. mental breakdowns yeah. and, 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 you know, going to work not in the greatest. Yeah. And I remember one job I had, I, it was uh, when I was a phlebotomist, I went to work hammered. Yeah. And luckily, one of the ladies there, who I still talk to, who I consider a mother, she's like, J- you need to go. Just go lay down. Mm-hmm. I'll come get you if we need you." And luckily, That's she didn't say anything. Very nice of her. Yeah, Holy she could have been like, "This motherfucker, stop yeah, get him out of here." Yeah. <laughs> but she knew I was going through a lot, kind of like what you went through when I was—I was out of the house when I was 18, mm-hmm. and you're trying to navigate the world without your parents. Really, they're like, "Well, you." get out of here if you don't want to and it's like what do you do so you just you start i don't know this makes me feel Mm -hmm. good and it kind of spiraled for a while and now i would drink once in a while but the moment i start to feel like that's it yeah Uh, i'm done yeah and and that's good usually it's just one nice whiskey maybe once once a week Mm -hmm. and then
1: you're not but drinking yeah, to get drunk. You're actually just drinking for the experience of, I want to enjoy yeah. this. I like the taste. Exactly.
0: And I know it was a problem, but I'm able to, like, all right. That, mm-hmm. You know, my rule is, I heard a great one, um, somebody told me, if you have to work the next day, you shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. So that's And my that's rule. a really great rule yeah. to live by, honestly. It's responsible. Yeah. And that's what I live by. It's like, all right, I'm not drinking. Uh, I have work tomorrow. I'm not mm-hmm. drinking. And, and it works I think to have
1: the <laughs> the willpower and self-discipline to be able to do that is is huge like yeah mad respect to you for being able it to, took a while to see that <laughs> um
0: but that's good um the the episodes are are showing up less and less they for are you. And yeah. I mean I know great.
1: that there were there were times over the last year where I've missed you know a week of work yeah because I just could not get myself out of bed yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it either. That's the worst part with mental health is a lot of times I don't even know why. I just know that I can't. Yeah. Um
0: God, I know how you feel. There's some there's <laughs> a lot of days where I'm like, man, I really just don't want to go yeah. to work. I really not because I'm lazy. I just I'm not I just yeah. I don't feel it.
1: I just I'm not feeling yeah. It. It. It's just like I just <laughs> I yeah. I don't know how it and it's hard. It's becoming better. That's good. But it's still hard um, to not have drinking to fall back on. Also makes you try and find a lot of different healthier ways to cope. So I turn towards like exercise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see your Instagram always running in motion and on Um, the trails. It looks It started out really, really really
1: simple as I just started walking my dog. Yeah. every day, and I had chubbed out when I got married. Um, <laughs> I did
0: all that but drinking. We were you were so put on weight, too. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think I came in at one hundred and sixty was the heaviest I was. Then I started just walking my dog after work every day, three to five miles, just walking around the neighborhood. Oh, it was wow. nice because we were in West miles. Jordan, so you know, just easy to walk around those yeah. little West Jordan's nice. Those one of those little ponds. suburbs. Um, and then. I started dropping the weight yeah and before i knew it i dropped 10 pounds 20 pounds and you know i'm like oh good fuck yeah i look yeah. good i need to good baby and I'm prove that <laughs> my ex-husband's a dumbass and men still find me attractive yeah well, that's great fuel right there
0: <laughs> sometimes you need that feel like fuck him i'm gonna i'm a to show yeah, and yeah. You get to it get and then
1: to it. in the midst of covid let's tinder
0: yeah <laughs> And you met who you're with now, right? Yes. Awesome.
1: Through Tinder. Um, I will say it's it's hard to find things to do for first dates though when you don't drink. Oh, there's and always like, coffees, and then like one. telling people like, oh yeah, you know, I by the way, and I would always bring that up when I connected with guys on the app. Like, by the way, I don't drink. Yeah. Because then it gives them the choice to either like, okay, cool, or, well, oh, you know. So. <laughs>
0: I guess my question is, are you opposed to someone dating someone who does drink?
1: Not at all. And that's what they would ask. They're like, well, I do drink. And I said, that's fine. I just you know, want you to know that it's a decision I made for myself. Awesome. Um, then I met my boyfriend. And he's super into trail running and active lifestyle and all these things. And he... You know sticks to a really strict diet And so drinking doesn't really fit into that He drank a little bit but Mm -hmm. He was just kind of in a A time where he Hadn't been drinking for a while Yeah And so you know that was a perk We're not drinking together but we're doing all of these things And he introduced me into hiking incredibly steep mountains that sometimes i look <laughs> at I'm like I don't know why I put myself through this <laughs> I don't know why this fool well, it started, this is fun it started out <laughs> as like you know you first meet someone and you really like him and he wants to go do this thing yeah, and yeah. so it's like yeah I can totally hang and first few months there were days that I wanted to throw rocks at him because I'm like <laughs> what the fuck did you get me into man yeah. like we're basically climbing the side of a mountain right now this is not hiking
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: But I I actually learned to enjoy it. It became this, you know, it it elevated the amount of physical activity I was doing. So I'm not just going to the gym. I'm not just walking my dog. I'm outside in nature doing things and seeing things that not a lot of people get to do or see. And I'm pushing myself. And he, for as much as sometimes I... I really do want to throw rocks at him. (laughs) He challenges me in like the perfect way. He's encouraging. And, you know, first, when we first started, he didn't like take off. He stayed with me. And I know it probably drove him crazy because I was slow, you know. But no matter how slow I felt like I was, if he got a little bit ahead of me, he'd wait. And he would always say, you're doing great. You're doing great. Nice. Just little teeny tiny words of encouragement, you know. Yeah um and it's been a couple years now and i fucking love
0: doing it wow you guys have been a couple years now
1: um it'll be two years in june hey so that right. was the other thing that was crazy is you know i'm super cool i'm just looking to date i don't want i just got out of I'm getting out of my marriage i'm not even divorced yet we're just separated we're working on all of the court stuff yeah so i'm like not gonna jump into anything this is all just for fun yeah. And I'd never done that before. I've always been a relationship, 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 right. relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um then on a whim I meet I meet my boyfriend and it just clicks.
0: Damn. Ain't that cool?
1: It's really cool. And I didn't know it it scared me at first. And I used to talk about this with my therapist a lot. I'm like, I don't know how to do a healthy relationship. I don't yeah. know what one looks like i've never been in one um i am so ready to hit the self-sabotage button and fuck this all up because i don't think i deserve it
0: yeah that's what we do best i know it's just like oh my god
1: but um anytime i'm irrational he's just like okay and he's like the perfect balance for me because he's just like okay be irrational and then like when you're chill we'll talk again you know (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't get overworked about stuff he doesn't create drama and i've told him about some of my past experiences where you know all the men i date just think i'm crazy and, sure. and he put a different perspective on it of like maybe all the men you date made you crazy yeah and then they could call you crazy i'm like oh my gosh and then i learned that's gaslighting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or they made you feel that way to control you.
0: Yeah. Human beings do weird things to each other for, I don't know, really weird self-gratification. It is, it is weird. When you yeah. think about,
1: you know, people that just go out and it seems like they're just on a mission to be horrible, grouchy, rude, bitchy people. Yeah. As I look at it and I think, you know, every day we wake up, we have a choice, right? How am I going to be today? Am I going to be negative and just angry at the world for no reason, just for the sake of doing that and then using it as an excuse to treat people poorly? Yeah. Or do I want to go into my day and actually enjoy it?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm, I try to lean more towards the latter. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, it sounds like you got a good set of uh what's the word i'm looking for (laughs) a good plan you have good support i think probably good support for the first time in your life it sounds like sounds like the guy you met is just right on target with exactly what you needed Mm -hmm. and um it's good that he encourages and not just like come on hurry up yeah it seems you know because that could be this motherfucker trying right. to rush me.
1: <laughs> well, then, you know, yeah. it goes back to like, oh, my gosh, he's going to break up with me because I'm too slow. And I'm making him like upset or I'm irritating him because he hates slow people on the trail. And yeah. But I would be open about it. And I learned early on that what he says is what he means. Yeah. What he says is what he feels. I have no reason to say differently and I used to do that in all my other relationships. Like, no, I'm not mad. Well, you seem mad. Yeah. Well, I, you know, whatever. Well, are you sure? Like, and then I would just poke and poke and poke. And then, yeah, obviously that would piss somebody off if someone was like, whatever. Yeah. But my ex-husband was really good at saying things were fine, obviously, and that things weren't fine.
0: Yeah. So you're still trying to undo that. And
1: but um, gotcha. just in getting to know him, he's not the type to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. So, every time that he invites me out on a hike, he wants me there. Nice. You know. Yeah,
0: you guys look like you're having he a blast. He wants to keep
1: me in his life. He, he truly wants to keep me in his life, so.
0: Yeah, you got the so dog out good. there with you.
1: Now he um, now he does just take off. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, because we've, we've learned we've never had a fight. Yeah. Never, which is crazy. Um, but we have learned that we get irritated with each other when we pay too much attention to what the other one is doing on a trail.
0: Yeah, I think that's a common thing in relationships in general. Yeah. I think if you're so invest- like you're focused on one thing too much, you start to get pissed off for no reason. Yeah. Like, well, you know what the you way <laughs> the way he does
1: things is different from how I do things and I'm I don't think things through as much as he does. He's very meticulous and he's very He's been doing this for a long time, so he's, you know, very careful and very safe. And then sure. I come in like a fucking banshee, and just, I'm just, like, going to jump off this rock, <laughs> not knowing if the other one will catch me. And he's like, that's yeah. how you die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. I had some and, friends at the U that were trail runners. Yeah. Yeah, they loved it. I'm like, what are you guys doing out there?
1: Yeah. So um, so we decided. That was the one thing. He's like, I'm just not going to watch you do stuff, because I watch you do stuff, that it makes you feel bad and whatever. So that's yeah. kind of why he started just leaving me on trails like
0: <laughs> it's because you, you got it now you but got yeah it. he's like yeah. I'll
1: see her at the top he always waits for me at the top or he'll run down and then go back up with me because he's a vert whore he loves Damn, getting LF he's, L- in L- shape, he's huh? insane I he's die. like God, man. <laughs> 10 to 20,000 feet every week
0: wow so, good for him
1: yeah it's it's his thing he found his
0: found his, his thing. thing Yeah,
1: you know I don't want to say great. making it my thing but Through all this, I mean, with that, fitness has become my thing. So, you know, I do yoga every day. I do some sort of workout every day throughout the week. And then I I do a combination of that with the hiking on the weekend. Yeah. So,
0: do you do a little workout at work when you get a little like antsy? Um, some weights there? No. Just get a quick pump?
1: No, I don't. Um,
0: might you might you should get a couple of some weights, you know?
1: Work is it's, it's really busy. There's not a uh, lot of downtime. And I'm constantly moving, even when there's like nothing to do, I walk, good. I pace. Yeah. That's you know? Good. Yeah. Um, and then of course I also have other skills I've practiced with like how to de escalate myself in a situation. So like when I'm feeling that anxiety, when someone's pushed my buttons too far. Or whatever, you know, bout of social anxiety just hits, and then all of a sudden I forget how to how to human. <laughs> That's a good one. How to human? I, I like which that. is becoming more and more frequent. Which not because of the anxiety. I think I'm just becoming dumber as I get older. Um,
0: <laughs> That's all I want to be is super dumb when I'm old. I, huh? like
1: I sometimes I just like decide. Well, I don't decide, but my body decides. We're just not going to function today. Yeah. We're just going to be. Awkward and knock everything over and run into shit and just yeah. maybe you'll I, die, maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you you'll <know>? um, get through it. um But through therapy, and I did. I did a lot of group therapy this past year too. Uh, My cool. therapist actually started running a, a group for DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, oh. which is one of the only ways to treat borderline personality disorder because there's no medication for it. It's a behavioral uh okay. condition so you have to learn different behaviors to to cope with it wow. um and so all of that has taught me a lot of ways to like look at things differently look at situations differently interact with people differently yeah um stop and take the moment to decide what my next move is going to be to make the situation you know good for myself but good for the other person or or whatever it may be establishing boundaries all of those things and it's helped me a lot with my interpersonal relationships at work where you know you don't always get along with your co-workers true um staples was the only place that i was like oh, i'm gonna hang out with my co-workers outside of work and here i've i've created that boundary for myself where work is work yeah um i'm not there to make friends I'm also not there to be rude to people. Sure. But I'm not sure. obligated to tell these people everything about me. Right. I'm not obligated to see these people outside of work. Yeah. They get me for 40 hours a week. And then after that.
0: Yeah. That's what I tell my uh, coworkers. I'm like, hey, don't call me. Yeah. Um, don't don't send me a text. Don't ask how I'm mm-hmm. doing. I put in my days. These mm-hmm. are my days off. Leave me alone. Yeah. If something comes up, you wait till I get back to work. Yeah. And they're like, Oh all right <laughs> yeah it just establishing
1: yeah. boundaries at first when you're not used to doing it it feels so rude yeah you feel like, like you're the
0: total like jerk of the world like, oh my
1: gosh like, hey, what's so i'm an asshole <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they need it because i feel like they're in the same boat when they're with their fam like some some there were moments where like hey you got to call so-and-so i'm like hey you know it's their yeah, day exactly off. they're with their family probably i'll figure it out mm-hmm and just because I expect the same kind of respect, like, you just exactly. off, man. Exactly, like, yeah. Leave him alone.
1: And that's you know? what I don't, my coworkers are not like. That they're, we're so opposite of each other. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard to put that boundary between work, because you're at work so much. And those you people, are, you're at
1: work more than you are outside yeah. of work.
0: Those people become your family, whether you like it or not. You yes. Know? You And so, yeah, they have boundaries. They're probably a little like offsetting to them.
1: Like at first, they're like, "Well, how (laughs) dare she like not just do what I asked her to do?" Or how? There have been. I've learned that like I can't establish the boundary just because of the personalities that I work with. Of like, hey, what you're doing right now is is triggering my anxiety. I need to ask you to stop. Yeah. Because they will turn it into well, then I just don't know if I can ask you to do anything. Because what can you handle? Jeez. So, you know, and, and that's been that's been difficult because it's like, okay, I just tried to establish a boundary and they didn't respond to it well. In fact, they made me feel worse about myself. So I guess I just have to be a doormat. Well, no, I don't. Yeah. But I can choose knowing what the outcome is going to be, what the response right. will be. I can now decide how I want to take on different responsibilities at my job and yeah. create a different pattern of how I do things so that they can see – how i operate
0: yeah dang i'm glad you you're you're getting it all figured <laughs> out is do you feel like i know we're gonna well, i'm gonna backtrack quite a bit do That's you, fine. did you ever feel as a kid like there was something just a little like just off growing up like man i don't because i look at my brothers and uh you know they seem perfectly yeah. Not they're not perfect no one is but like you know, they never had like the issues like I had and I always like, why am I so like bummed out? And I'm not yep. really like I don't like to socialize too much as a kid. Yeah. And were my oh, my older and younger brothers social like popular mm-hmm. and and I always did things like weird and uh, different and and I always knew something was up. I just didn't know yeah. what it was. Did you ever feel like that?
1: Not growing up, but looking back. So, in primary, I have very distinct memories of, like, you know, when they do primary sacrament meeting, and oh, yeah. you have to get up and read Ugh. a scripture or something, and during rehearsal, just bawling yeah. about having to get up and speak in public. Yeah.
0: Bawling I can't believe we had to do public speaking at, like, nine years old. Right. I was up there giving talks, i
1: like, I don't want to yeah. do
0: this shit. Why am I doing it? Why aren't the adults doing it?
1: (laughs) But then still being forced to do it. Like, so I'm having this whole thing about it, but I really don't want to do it. And it's making me sad. Because at that, you know, when you're that age, it's all you know is it's making you feel sad and scared. But the grownups make you do it anyways. Yeah. I remember always getting so nervous about being called for talks or or Uh. whatever. Because then again, a part of it, too, is like, what if what I say isn't what people want to hear? Right. What if no one likes my talk? What if they're judging judging me while I'm up there? What if I mess up? What if I do this? I think all of that, I'm sure, has created this. Yeah.
0: Well, I I think as I get older, I I look back at what my parents did, and a lot of it was not physical trauma but mental trauma, Mm -hmm. like a lot of mental abuse, and I don't think they even knew they were creating it because i didn't know mm-hmm. um but I, as i got older i was like damn why do i feel so insecure why do i yeah. feel like not important why do mm-hmm. and i look at all the things that occurred through that growing up in that church i was like well that's where it came right. from you know
1: um and trauma is interesting you know we hear the word trauma and we always think of something drastic Yeah, like your leg
0: fell off or something.
1: Yeah, or you're in a car wreck or someone close to you, you know, dies or I guess divorce, um, abuse, all those things are are classified as trauma. Those are the only things that you think could be categorized as trauma or qualify to be trauma. We don't realize is like you talked about emotional trauma when we're little. And it could be something as simple as being told to do something that you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, And we all have to work through that differently. And I remember telling my mom about trauma and traumas are different for everybody. There's no, there's no definition of it because it's all about how the individual feels right in the situation or how they remember the situation. Um, But the trauma is what builds us to become what we are and how we think and how we act and the patterns that we develop are based off of those traumas. Yep. And it was really eye-opening to me to learn that in therapy and then look back and see how all of these little, you know, and, and I'm fortunate that my traumas are these little things. Yeah. But they've created the mental health that I have.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I just, I don't think parents realize, like, what they're doing. No. It's, at, at, until it's too late.
1: And you want to. You know, for the mm-hmm. most part I think parents are doing what they think is best. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I see it now with my parents, what they went through. Mm-hmm. Um they kind of suffer from what they gave us, like kind of they kinda into us, but not really into us. I mean, my dad's the oldest of ten. Oh wow. And my mom's like the dirty youngest of six. Oh my gosh. So like big, uh, there's a danger to having big families is one, you get lost in the mix and two, you don't get the attention that you need. There's just too much to go around. And so I don't think my parents knew how to quite give the attention that differently to each Uh, one. And they, and I'm not being critical of them, but I kind of see where it comes from. Yeah. Oh, that's where they get it from. Like Mm -hmm. it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hey, it, it ruined all of our, all of their kids. They're all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my younger brother, we talk about him quite often because, you know, he's in out of jail. He's in jail right now. But my parents were up here not too long ago and my dad went and visited him. My mom didn't go because she makes it about herself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did you ever ask him why he is the way he is? Like, why he does all this wild stuff?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He's like, yeah. I was like, well, what did he say? He's like, he told me, he's like, I'd rather turn the world off than deal with it. Wow. I was like, well, where did that come from? Yeah. What happened? I was like, did he get, like, molested? Did something happen? He's like, no, I don't, he just, I was like, something went down. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it more and more, and I, the, I think what happened, which I'm pretty sure what it is, he was kicked out when he was 17. Okay. Because he was not obeying the way of the church and just giving my parents a run for their money like every teenager does, Mm -hmm. which my parents realized later that's what teenagers do. Yeah. But their way of dealing with it was like, well, just you're out of the house. Mm -hmm. And so he was living in his car at 17, Mm. just barely graduated high school. My parents said, see you later no job nothing yeah and homeless and i was like that's where it is right there yeah like you gave up on him and so he felt like the world gave up on mm-hmm. him and so he just kept going with yeah him. and they're like oh
1: like oh, shit. shit." <laughs>
0: unless they ever listen to this they'll hear it but i have never like sat down there and told them because it would it would probably you know hurt their feelings and upset them and say it's all their fault and it's not all their fault no um he he's older now he's about my age 35 so he he understands what he's doing Mm -hmm. but you know like you at 18 like anybody at such a critical age still like to be on your own and no one like guiding you Mm -hmm. and like cheering you on it's like well i guess this is what i'm supposed to do and it just spirals yeah you know but I'm glad you got out of it. Well, I'm thank you.
1: I, I am too. <laughs> I, I thank
0: you so much for coming on oh, and sharing. it's my
1: pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for coming on. Yeah. You know,
0: hard it is to get anybody to... And I get it. It's well, hard to pour out your life and people like, wow, this person. And it's it's never like that. It's always like, damn, like, people are, There's people going through stuff. Yeah. You know?
1: And I know, you know, when you first approached me about it and I was like, oh, I don't know. And... Oh, it just you know it. It was an honor to been asked, and I'm yeah. like, does the honor just stop there? I hate public speaking. Oh, I don't know what no I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I've never done anything like this before. Yeah, telling my story, and the more I thought about it, it was, you know, I support breaking the stigma of mental health, and we're not going to be able to do that unless. Pe- more people are talking about it yeah and this gave me an opportunity to tell my story and and talk about it yeah. as scary as it was. I'm hoping I meaning you you brought this up if, if it can touch one person if it can help one person yeah that's I can't I can't even fathom that thought like that's incredible yeah but I think about like the one person the one thing that someone said that helped me.
0: Yeah, I've had that many times where I heard that one thing at mm-hmm. the right time. It's like, oh, got it. Wow. Yeah, and I assure you, there's gonna be some people who reach out and be like, "Dang, dude! Like, I've been dealing." You'd be surprised because I've mm-hmm. done this before, um, just by myself. And they're like, "Man, I deal with that too." And like, I don't really want to talk about it because people. It's like, yeah. Trust me, it's out. Everybody thinks exact, and it's still weird that we have that stigma. Like what do people think yeah you know people think i'm weird or this or they're not,
1: not gonna believe me yeah
0: yeah we build it up to yeah crazy oh things. we do I but know. i mean comes, I like it.
1: like everything that comes from somewhere right because yeah. it's pa- mental health look like padded rooms and straight right yeah like you <laughs> said I look like
0: a crazy person and yeah. you're, you're bashing your head against the wall unfortunately there's some folks that it is I mean, like it, that yes. for them but the majority of us is just you know, we've been dealing with our whole lives, and, the, and then finally somebody spoke up, and now they're going to get help. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but your story is powerful.
1: Well, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, and I, I super appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully we can do it again, and your boyfriend come in here. and I...
1: You know See what? It, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. Oh, that's not bad. I'm probably not gonna listen to it or watch it because I hate listening to and yeah. watching. Myself,
0: I do the same thing. We'll I, never, out there I never, I never listen to. what <laughs> I record. I just ah, <laughs> like there. I don't
1: want any other people that I know to listen, <laughs> listen to it too. We'll just let the internet hear yeah. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if anything, you could always come back years later and be like, "Wow, like look at what I accomplished." Yeah. You know, and it's more for every time I have somebody on, it's more for you (laughs) because you can go back later on. Like, damn, like, yeah, you know, whoa. And that's, that's always the goal. Yeah. So, but thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And hopefully we can do another one later on. Yeah. Um, Follow up. I didn't, how you're doing.
1: I made it through this one. So I think it's all right. we broke that seal. Yeah. hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, keep, Stay healthy. Keep doing what you're doing. By all means, if you need anything, reach out. Thank you. Because I know how it is dealing with mental (laughs) health. And it sounds like you got a good team. And I'm happy for you. Well, I'm back at you. Since, you know, we
1: share that. I'm here too if you need anything.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll let you know. Okay. I'll keep you posted. All right, my friend. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Take care of yourself. And always take care of each other. Peace.